Awesome. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, as Lance said, my name is Miranda, and I'm one of the young adults here at New Hope. Um, and it's always such a privilege to stand up here and share God's word with you. Um, and I'm really, really excited, especially as it's Easter Sunday. And I think as followers of Jesus, it's the best day of the year for us because it symbolizes our life and what we live for and what we get to be a part of. And that's so exciting to me. So I'm really excited to get into God's word tonight and um, yeah, really pray that we would have that fresh um, passion and excitement and thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us and the amazing resurrection life that we get to live with him. Um, so let's just open in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much. Um, as we reflect on what you've done for us, God, we thank you that you gave everything, everything for us, Lord, your life, because you love us that much. And we just want to pray that tonight as we um, just dig into your word, Lord, that we would um, engage with you even deeper than we have before, Lord, that we would have that um, fresh perspective um, and thankfulness for what you've done for us, Lord, and that not only did you die, but you rose again three days later, and when you rose, you gave us that second chance of life, a life with you, not without you. And so we just want to pray tonight, Lord, that our hearts would be open, that your Holy Spirit would fill this place. We just thank you that you are here that you are alive, that you are moving. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, I love this series that we've been doing, Jesus the Game Changer. And if you haven't been here, um, yeah, we've been exploring the ways that Jesus has just had his fingerprint in every area of our, our world, our society, you know, in education, in healthcare, in leadership, in all these different things. And I think this series, the pinnacle is the cross. Jesus changed everything at the cross. And I think it's so amazing that we get to celebrate this every year and look at the cross and look at the gift that he has given us and how he really has changed our lives and changed the world. He's in every aspect of our society and we can't escape him in the best possible way. And through the cross, Jesus has given us this second chance of life of restoration, of reconciliation with him. A life in which we don't have to be run by our sin, by death, by fear, by guilt, by shame. He died and he took the weight of everything, of our falling short, of everything that, that we do wrong. And when he was raised to life, he handed us the keys to a new life. And we're still living in a world that is broken and that is full of sin and destruction, but we live with this hope. As we look at the cross, as we look at what Jesus did, we live with this hope of eternity and a, and a life lived with him, not without him, and together with his Holy Spirit, if that's what we choose. And the scripture we're going to explore tonight is not only powerful in that it shows us the way to this new way of life, but it also encourages us um, with the second part of this scripture, which I'm going to focus on, we're going to uh, dig into a bit later. But pretty much the essence of what it says is that no one that trusts in God, heart and soul, will ever regret it. Everyone that believes in him will never be disappointed. I think that's so amazing, that promise we have that if we choose to invest in this life that Jesus has given us, as we choose to believe in him and what he's done, and declare him as the Lord of our lives. We will live a life that we are not disappointed by, 
that we will not regret ever choosing to live for Jesus. I think that's so amazing. And so that's what we're going to dig into a bit tonight. And as we do that, I'm also going to explore some different aspects of this resurrection life. What does it actually look like to live in, as a new creation and in this salvation that he has given us? And maybe one of these areas will particularly stand out for you tonight. And God might highlight something that he's in calling you to embrace, a way that he's wanting to call you to live because of what he's done. Or maybe it'll just be a fresh reminder to look at the cross, to look at what Jesus has done and look at the gift that is your life and be thankful for what he's done. And so if you have your Bibles or your phones with you, we're going to turn to Romans 10, 9 to 11. And I think the context of this scripture is so relevant to us. The people, they were either feeling this pressure to fall back into the old ways of living, into living under the law and having to do things to achieve and to strive. Or they were conforming to, you know, the Roman way of life and the pattern of the world. And I think we can often find ourselves in this, this tension of we strive and we want to do good works to get, to get there, to be a good person, or we're conforming to the way of the world. But what this scripture brings to us is the, the way that Jesus has provided through grace. And so I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and then we're going to look at a few other translations, because I think they all have some amazing things um, to say. So, um, verse 9 to 11. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And I also want to read from the Passion Translation, which is similar, but a little bit different. So it says, For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God. And then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. For the scriptures encourage us with these words. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. Everyone. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed as they choose to trust him and embrace him, embrace this resurrection life. Now, I want to break down this scripture a little bit. So the first point is, it says, recognize and confess Jesus is Lord. So we're recognizing his power, his authority, his majesty as God. And then we're confessing with our mouth that he is Lord, that he is the master of our lives. And the second point, believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead. Now, believing in our heart, it's putting our faith, it's putting our hope, our trust, that it was actually God that came and raised Jesus from the dead. It was his power that raised him from the dead. And this third point, believing in our hearts results in justification. Now, justification is being made righteous, so right with God, right in the sight of God. And I'm always amazed by this as I think about the picture of Jesus just taking the weight off us, taking our sin off us and putting it on himself and us being able to stand before God because he's taken our sin. Before that, I think we don't always recognize because we don't live before Jesus' time, but we couldn't stand before God with all of that weight on us, 
all of the sin. But because Jesus took that, we get to enter into this relationship with God and actually stand before him and be made righteous before him. And this last part, whoever believes in him, trusts in him, relies on him, follows him, will not be disappointed. And this last part actually refers to a couple of other scriptures that I'm just going to read. So one of them's in Isaiah 28:16, And it says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need, need never be shaken, or the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. It will not give way. Jesus is this foundation that we have, that if we put that trust in him, as we embrace him, as we follow him and we declare him as Lord, we will have this foundation that will never shake, it will never break. And the other scripture is Psalm 25, 3. And I love this version. It says, For how could anyone be disgraced when he has entwined his heart with you? I, I just love that so much, that picture of our heart being entwined with God's. And that's because of what Jesus has done. As I said, that, that justification, us being made righteous, means that we get to be entwined with God. We get to enter into that relationship with him. And I think we can all be at different stages in our faith with this scripture. Maybe you're at a point of just acknowledging that Jesus existed. Or maybe some of us, you know, we believe it. It's real enough. And then some of us really own it and let it transform us. And wherever you're at tonight, my prayer is that God would just take us to that next step of really owning what Jesus has done and, and recognizing that he's done it for us, for you as an individual, that this is something that you can own and declare and allow it to transform your entire life. And lastly, I just want to read from the message version. And this is probably my favorite version of this scripture as I really feel like it encapsulates, yeah, really what, what God is saying. Um, so it says, Say the welcoming word to God, Jesus is my master, embracing body and soul, God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God and trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God, setting things right. And then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. Scripture reassures us, no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. I think that's such a powerful scripture. And again, I know I've said it, but no one that embraces him and that trusts him and really lives this resurrection life will ever regret it. And I want all of us to be in that space of going, you know what, I'm proud that I follow Jesus and I never will regret this decision I've made. And I think Steph was a perfect example in her baptism tonight that she would stand up here and declare, you know, Jesus is her Lord and that he's transformed her life from the inside out. And I'm sure she would say she does not regret that decision to follow him. And so now I want to talk a bit about you know, this resurrection life that I talk about and this salvation that we have, what does that actually look like? We've seen what Jesus has done. We know that he's done it for us. But what, what, are we, what is he calling us to? What is the way that we live because of what he's done? So as I mentioned before, I'll be going through a few different points. And some of these might stand out for you tonight. 
Um, or, as I said, it might just be a refresher of what Jesus has done and your thankfulness for that. And so the first point that I want to talk about um, that is the resurrection life that we get to live is a life free from guilt and shame. As the scripture talked about, justification, being made righteous in his sight. We don't have to live with the burden of guilt of the things that we've done. But I particularly want to talk about shame. Now, there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is the things that we've done wrong, and shame is actually thinking we're wrong, thinking that we are the mistake. And there's a researcher named Brene Brown, and I've watched a lot of her TED Talks. She's written a lot of books, um, and she actually researches shame, and it's amazing. Um, And she describes shame as the intensely painful feeling that we are unworthy of love and belonging. As I said, feeling that sense of, you're just not enough. You're a mistake. And shame is highly correlated with things like depression, addiction, violence, bullying, suicide, eating disorders. And it's fueled by secrecy, silence, and judgment. And how much of this do we see in our world? All these different things that we see, I think, come a lot down to shame. But what Jesus has done in his resurrection is that he's actually said to us, you are worthy and I have made you righteous and you can stand before me. And Brene Brown says, the way to stop shame from growing is through meeting it with empathy. And I feel that's exactly what Jesus has done on the cross. He has met us with his empathy and his compassion and God has welcomed us into his family. We have this place where we are loved and we can belong. As we bring these things to the light, God can heal and God can restore. And this leads me to my next point. Another thing that God has opened the door to in his resurrection life is forgiveness. And this is probably the main one that we think of when we think of the cross. And Alan preached an amazing sermon on Friday about forgiveness and about the forgiveness that we receive from God and how we have the capacity then to forgive others. You know... Forgiveness may not often look appealing. It can be hard to forgive, especially deep hurts in our lives. And a definition that I found is giving up resentment. Or as Alan said on Friday, it's letting go. Nelson Mandela actually says that resentment is like swallowing poison and waiting for your enemy to die, which does not sound nice at all. But Jesus, what he's done is actually the complete opposite of that. He's given us life and a way to be released, to be set free. We don't have to live with this unforgiveness and bitterness and anger in our lives. A part of the resurrection life he is calling us to is a life of forgiveness, of being able to receive it from God because we are worthy and because he loves us and he's made us righteous, and then being able to demonstrate that. And through being able to demonstrate forgiveness, we experience freedom, we experience liberation. What's possible on the other side of seeking and granting forgiveness is things such as ending a war, even getting a better night's sleep, strengthening your marriage or relationships, all the things that bring life and what God is so for. And my next point of resurrection life is that we get victory over sin, victory over addictions, over death, over pain, over all these things of the world. When Jesus died, and rose again, he achieved victory 
But that victory is not just his, it's actually ours with him because we're in partnership with him. We get to live a life of victory and have this mindset that our sin and the temptations and the struggles we face are not bigger than him. And because we have him, because we have his Holy Spirit living within us, we get that victory too. And we can be more powerful than the, the sin, the struggles, the temptations that we face. And this is a life that God is calling us to, a life of victory, of seeing that we have a God that is always on our side and he will always fight for us and he will always be there for us. And so we don't have to be afraid of anything or defeated by anything. My next point. When Jesus raised, was raised to life again, he gave us the gift of his Holy Spirit. So my point is, a resurrection life looks like allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to move. I, I found this, this sentence, which I love, and it says, God's Spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. And what a beautiful picture, as I even talked about before in our justification and being able to be entwined with him. God's Spirit meets our spirit, and he tells us who we really are in him. What a beautiful thing, what a beautiful gift we have to have his Holy Spirit invited to live within us day in, day out, through everything that we face. A Holy Spirit that guides us, that comforts us, and that connects us to our Father so we can have relationship with him, so that we can speak to him, so that we can hear from him. We can be so close to him and so connected to him. And I think the Holy Spirit makes the cross really personal. We are not just onlookers to what Jesus has done, but now we enter into that space of living with him and living as a new creation because of him. And this Holy Spirit can do such miraculous things in our life and in the lives of those around us. And that leads me to my next point. Is a resurrection life involves healing. Healing of our souls, but also physical healing. And this is a part of what the Holy Spirit does. It can heal We can get rid of all the stuff internally in our lives that is painful, that is hurting us, the scars in our lives. But also it heals physically. You know, much of Jesus' time on earth was healing, healing physically, which in turn healed people emotionally and spiritually, giving people a restored hope and life in Jesus. With the Holy Spirit within us, we have access to that same power to heal and be healed in the inside and the out. And, you know, this is just five reasons or things that that we get to live in and be a part of because of Jesus' resurrection. There are so many reasons to choose this life of living for him, so much that we have available to us through our life living for him. This resurrection life is a wonderful life. It's a life full of light, full of joy, full of peace, full of wonder and power. And I just want to come back to the scripture as the message version reminds us that we don't have to do anything. I think that's so amazing and so mind-blowing. As much as we strive and we think our good works will get us somewhere, it's not what salvation is. Salvation is what Jesus has done and it is our choice to accept it, embrace it totally wholeheartedly. Trust in him and not ourselves. Open our arms and step into resurrection life. And trust me, you will not regret it. 
I'm not disappointed in this life that I have because of him. I feel I've experienced so much joy, so much peace, so much restoration through all the different ups and downs of my life. And I stand here as testifying that I don't at all regret following him. And my prayer is that as we look at this cross, as we look at what he's done, as we look at the resurrection life he has given us, that we will embrace it totally wholeheartedly and not regret that decision that we've made. And as I come to my last point, I just want to invite the band up. I recently listened to a sermon by Pastor Bill Johnson, and he said this, If I see his nature, if I see his face, it is the most normal thing in the world to want to declare his greatness. Suddenly, there's not a problem in my life that makes any sense. They are real problems, but they lose their significance to rob and steal from you. They lose their power. Breakthrough often happens when we stop being impressed with the size of our problem, exchanging consciousness of problems to awareness of God's presence and nature. I cannot help but worship. As we look at God, as we look at the face of God, and we, as we look at what he's done for us, I just feel that this sense of welling up inside of me, I just want to worship and I just want to praise. And this day especially is a day where we can look and we can be thankful. Thankful for this new life he has given us. A life of free from guilt and shame. A life of forgiveness. A life of victory over sin. A life with the Holy Spirit. A life of healing. A life of so much more. And as we finish in worship tonight, may we focus our attention back to him. Really look at what he has done and celebrate. Let's live in this resurrection life that Jesus died to give us. May you be filled with a fresh sense of wonder for the way God has rescued you. May it be move our hearts to worship tonight. And so I just want to pray. Will you stand with me? Lord, we are so thankful for what you've done. We are so thankful that when you were raised to life, so were we. We were given a chance at a new life with you, in partnership with you, in partnership with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you call us to a life full of forgiveness, full of freedom from guilt and shame, full of healing and in relationship with you. And we just want to pray tonight that we would celebrate, Lord, that we would be so thankful for this gift of life that you have given us, that we would reflect, that we would stop, that we would see what you've done for us, God, and that it would push us forward to more, to more of a life of embracing you wholeheartedly in everything that we have. And we will not be disappointed, Lord. We will not regret choosing to follow you. We would declare you as Lord of our lives and not be ashamed of that, Lord. We thank you so much and we love you with all that we are. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.